Engaging Leader, Episode 209, Giving Feedback Without Hurting Psychological Safety, featuring Maya Huchan. Brought to you by the team at Workforce Communication. Find out more at workforcecommunication.com. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Psychological safety is a team member's sense of confidence that the leader and the rest of the team will not embarrass, reject, or punish them for speaking up. They feel safe to take risks, to fully contribute, to share ideas, and to raise concerns, all of which are necessary for an organization to innovate, solve problems, to survive, and, and, and even to thrive in today's economy. In the absence of psychological safety, what you tend to get is people shutting down, playing it safe, and frankly, just doing a lot of CYA. It's not a fun place to work. Obviously, psychological safety is critical for a team to be effective in the long run. But I'm just curious, how can you build and nurture that kind of safety while still holding people accountable? And that includes some tough conversation at times, like giving negative feedback. Well, in this second conversation with Maya Huchan, we're going to talk about more of the principles from her new book about building trust. It's called Saving Face, How to Preserve Dignity and Build Trust. If you joined us on our previous episode 208, you've already met Maya, so I encourage you, if you haven't, to check that out. That was um, more generally on the topic of how do you preserve dignity and build trust. So now we're going to get down to some specifics in this part two of our conversation. Maya, what is psychological safety and why is that so important in leading a team? Jesse, psychological safety um, is defined as a sense of confidence that the team will not embarrass, reject, or punish someone for speaking up. Okay? And so um, Harvard Business School professor Amy Edmondson defined it as a shared belief held by members of a team that the team is safe for interpersonal risk-taking. Okay, so what it means is that um, when people uh, work together in a team setting, that they need to feel safe so then they can fully contribute and be themselves. Um, if you feel, if when people feel um, uh, there's a sense of fear or um, they're, they're afraid of being embarrassed or blamed for something, that naturally that there's a fight or flight responses. And a lot of times that people actually simply checked out and freeze up or shut down when they feel threatened or they don't feel safe. And what happened is that it, it, when, they, when that happened, that they, they don't ask questions, they don't share their ideas, and they don't raise concerns. And uh, sometimes that they also have a very low motivation and they don't fully contribute. So they're not giving all they have. And this can really impact their, um, their, their performance and also can impact, impact the teamwork. Now, so on the, on the flip side, when people feel safe, I mean, imagine that when you feel safe, right? What do we do? We, we talk more, we laugh more, and uh, we also tend to feel more empowered to take action. And uh, we're not 
worry about um, being judged, but rather we 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 speak our mind and we share our ideas, and we don't worry too much about being right or wrong. We focus on solving problems and uh, do our best work, and instead of um, worry about uh, self protection. So, the safety, psychological safety, has can significantly impact individual and the team performance. And that's why it's so important. That's something that people, are, you know, has been discussed widely. And how do you create psychological safety? Now, you know, there is a, a, a very famous Google study uh, that I think, you know, has been widely publicized. Um, talk about their number one uh, reason that the team performed well is because there's a psychological safety. And then psychological safety um, uh, entail in, in, in two key behaviors. Number one is that people in a team, they, they have conversation turn-taking. So people take turns to communicate, to, to, to discuss, to share their ideas. And at the end of the meeting, everyone felt like they have said what they want to say. They don't hold back and they express fully. And the second element is to have people have high level of social sensitivity. So then they tune in to each other's feelings, expressions, um, verbal, nonverbal cues, and then so they demonstrate empathy. So when you have those two elements and, uh, at play in the teamwork, then people tend to feel safe uh, and when they work together. And that become a key ingredient for a high-performing team. So if you are in the context of a meeting and you're the leader, if you can make sure that, number one, you don't do all the talking yourself, but also you don't ha necessarily let some of the more extroverted people do all the talking either, but you give each person a chance to fully express themselves, that creates some yeah. safety. And then, Absolutely. And then let Absolutely. people... Um, be okay with sharing feelings and concerns and asking questions and not uh, ridiculing them or blaming them or or um, tolerating people to do that. So creating a safe environment, it's okay to say things and, and not worry about getting blowback. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, um, uh, uh, recently I've worked with uh, a leader that she came to me uh, because she realized that her team is disengaged and actually um, is, is having some performance issues and people are not willing to take actions or, um, or take any risk. And so as we dig deeper that, um, and also through some of the 360 feedback that we've learned that, well, you know, she, they, like many leaders today, we use this tool called Slack to communicate with our teams. Right. And so day in, day out, that all day long, they communicate with the team using Slack. And then so she, um, even with somebody sitting right next to her, she would send a message on Slack to, to tell them, uh, you know, uh, what's happening. So now what happened was that, that she prided herself for being very efficient, getting things done quickly. And then so she provides feedback on Slack. So everybody can see the feedback that she has specifically for certain specific individuals. And so over time, the, the person receiving that feedback 
feel embarrassed, humiliated, and devastated sometimes. And everybody else reading those feedback start thinking, well, I don't want to be like that person. <laughs> so I better keep my head down and don't make any mistakes because that is painful. So then very quickly that those type of quick uh, communication on the social uh, on, on, on the communication platform create a fear-based culture. And people checked out, they don't contribute, they they operate based on fear. And so the team stopped performing. And so when she realized that that was uh, certainly not her intention, and so very quickly that she became, she raised her human antenna in terms of being more aware of her, her own behaviors and the impact. And then she acquired those information. Those are the triple A models. So she acquired, acquired um, uh, some of the feedback from her team and then she adapted. So then she started to um, give critical feedback offline. And um, even positive recognition that we very often we say we, can, we should also always praise in public and uh, give negative feedback in person. But this may or may not work in, in, for everybody. In fact, some people are uncomfortable receiving positive recognition in public. So then she get to know people and know the motivators and then their preferences. And then so she this completely changed the way she, she leads her team. And it takes six months for her to rebuild that trust and, and rebuild the face of her, her team members. And then so people started to uh, feel comfortable sharing, taking risks, but it takes take some time to rebuild that trust and, and then help people feel comfortable again. But it worked. So it, it, it took six months, but I mean, a lot of times you would think you got no situ- no choice in that situation, but to get rid of that leader and bring someone else in and try, <laughs> try over. But <laughs> she was able to make a change and it took, it took a long time, but six months isn't forever. And that's, yes. that's, that provides a lot of hope, I think, for a lot of us who could see how we could do better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that just to have that, that awareness of that you and master being able to master the concept of face, right? And then so you honor people, you provide positive recognition, and also you're aware of not causing people to lose face. And ultimately, that it's about being able to connect with people, and then to be able to show that respect. And that's at the end of the day, that we'll be able to build authentic long-term relationship. And that would um, make everybody involved, you know, uh, feel win-win and for the best outcome. Is there a risk in trying to preserve dignity, but not deal with a real problem? Yes, that's a great question. You know, in fact, um, I have a whole chapter in the book talking about saving face for the wrong reason. Mm. Right. And so sometimes people will use this term saving face um, to avoid conflict and to dance around the issue and not address it or tolerate poor performance and sometimes even cover up their own mistakes and avoid accountability. And those are the wrong reason for saving face. Okay. And then so when we think about saving face that I look at, you know, it's, it's like an equation. So in order to effectively save face, you have to do two things. It's A and B. A is accountability and B is benevolence. Okay, what I mean by that 
is that in order to effectively save face, we wanted to address an issue honestly, and I call that straight talk, is to say what you need to say to the right person at the right time, at the right place, respectfully, clearly, and accurately. And that's the straight talk. And that is holding people accountable. And the second part of saving face is called benevolence. So benevolence is that think about how you deliver this message, right? And then the, to, um, uh, to really, uh, you know, have the, have the other person's back and have the best intention and then use empathy and kindness so that the other person understand, get the message, and are, are, are motivated to make the positive change without feeling devalued, humiliated, um, and, and uh, unappreciated. So it's those two things, accountability plus benevolence, that you can actually achieve the best result for saving face. I have a story for that, if you have time for that. Yes, tell us a story about that. <laughs> um, there, uh, a financial director at a company that, uh, um, that once, once actually faced a big crisis. So under his watch, that a frontline employee had stolen over $100,000 in an eight-month period. And as the financial director, his name, let's just call him Jeff. The Jeff had designed and deployed this entire cash flow process that actually allowed this employee to commit this, this fraud undetected. And so this is a high profile case. And then, you know, it was discussed not only in the security meetings, but also spread quickly throughout the company. So he really lost face um, because of this mistake. Now, so the company's COO was based in Germany that planned a meeting with Jeff and also his entire financial team. Um, he wanted to come over and meet with, with the whole team uh, to address the issue. So for days that Jeff felt like a dead man walking, right? he lost weight, he, uh, he couldn't sleep, and he also uh, developed this rash because he was so stressed out. Okay? And then so when the day arrived, uh, the team waited nervously at the conference room and the CLO walked in and he broke the tension with this one sentence. He said, I don't care about the theft. And then he said that the theft is unavoidable, whether you're running a hot dog stand or a multinational company. And the company was insured. So the company will be made whole. And the COO said, I only want to know that you plan to review the process and fix it. And you seem to you know, well on your way from what I can see. And that's how you open up the meeting. And then so Jeff's demeanor immediately brightened. And for the rest of the meeting, that the whole team focused on no blaming, no point, finger pointing. They focused on moving forward, solving the problem and continue to and avoid this from happening again. So he returned to his job with renewed energy and the COO had saved his face, but then he was able to do it with both accountability and also benevolence. And he created psychological safety, yet he also hold Jeff accountable. 
on, on this, this situation. And, um, uh, and it, it, you know, he sent a clear message that I trust you. I have confidence in you to do the right thing. That's a great story. I like that he set the frame immediately that walking into the meeting, that I'm not trying to point fingers or find out who's to blame. This is a problem-solving meeting, and I trust that, that you guys are going to get this taken care of and that so it won't happen again. Yes, yes. So you can um, save face and still hold people accountable um, and then to produce the best outcome. Do you have any tips for how a leader can give one-on-one feedback effectively, but without someone losing face? Yes. You know, giving feedback, you know, this word feedback has a really bad (laughs) reputation because nobody likes negative feedback, right? And so, but giving feedback is so important for leaders to be able to continue to, uh, um, to work with their team, to manage the performance, and also help people get better. So how can you um, uh, be effective in giving feedback without causing somebody to lose face? Um, I like to uh, think of it as you know, it, um, um, using the word we, we mentioned earlier, straight talk. Okay? To be able to give straight talk is that you would talk to the person, say what you need to say at the right place at the right time, and also do it accurately, respectfully, and clearly. And um, a lot of times when we give feedback that uh, we tend to kind of go either uh, extreme. So instead of doing straight talk, we go into blunt talk, that we're being too blunt, and then we just want to get it off our chest, and we're Mm. frustrated, we're emotional, we're, we're in a hurry. So then we dumped everything on the other person without thinking, how do I deliver this feedback or how is this feedback being perceived? So a lot of times the intent is positive, but then the impact is quite negative. So then the blunt talk is one extreme that sometimes people do. And then they actually pride themselves for being direct and straightforward, (laughs) right? Right. And then, but ultimately the impact is negative and people, you know, may or may not change as a result of that. Now, um, the other extreme is um, we call safe talk. So safe talk is that you're so careful that you don't want it to hurt the relationship and you, don't, you, you, don't, you want to avoid discomfort. So then you dance around the issue and you don't actually address the issue uh, directly and then you drop hints and then you, you, know, you beat around the bush <laughs> and, then at the, and then you sometimes send mixed messages at the end of the conversation that the other person may or may not get the, get the message and walk away, think, scratch their head and thinking, what just happened? What, what did he try to tell me? What did she try to say? And so because the message was vague, ambiguous, and, and also not so clear, that most likely nothing would change. Okay? So we wanted to um, avoid either blunt talk or safe talk. So then say, uh, straight talk is really about being able to express the, the, the message clearly and respectfully. And then also the other person take the message and knowing that, take it in a positive way. Um, and I have um, um, worked with leaders and, and for, you know, in, in dealing with this type of difficult conversations quite a bit. And one way that tend to work very, very well 
is that I call that let the other person empty their glass of water first. <laughs> so that's a metaphor. Okay. So what that means is that have, you know, imagine that each of us is holding a glass of water. Okay. And then uh, there's the, the glass of water is, is the, the water represent what's in our mind. So when we sit down and talk that if I continue to, 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 to talk and don't give you a chance to talk, it's like I'm dumping all my water in your glass. And then over time, and then after a while, your water is going to overflow and then you have no more room in your mind to listen to anything else because it was just too much. Okay? But if you, if as the leader, that if you do it the other way, let the other person talk first. Okay. And ask questions such as, what, what went well with the situation and uh, what challenges did you experience and what would you do different what would you do it differently next time and many many times that the other person will self-reflect and will be able to actually self-identify what are some of the, the the challenges or issues that things are didn't go so well and also identify their their positive traits and then so you as a leader don't have to provide all the negative feedback because they already know what it is. In many cases that happens and then take the, the, the pressure off the leader and also the, the employee um, will be able to actually face those, those issues and then be able to address them more positive because they are already self-aware and then they identify those issues themselves. So I often say, let them empty their glass first. And then when they do that, then you can then provide some feedback and they have some room to take additional input from you. What do you say when they think everything went great? They, they're not owning any negative issues. Yes, it does happen if they don't have that awareness, right? And then so that's why the, that's why the, self, uh, the, the, the straight talk comes to play is to, to be able to have that conversation and then to, uh, to outline specific areas that you you think that is not um, going well and then you would like to uh, have help them you know kind of find a solution going forward um, so but then always give them a chance to self-reflect first because that's that's part of developing your people is to help them raise their self their awareness and then if and then only if they they couldn't identify those areas then you can provide your input Maya, do you have an example about feedback? Yes. So um, recently, I had an opportunity to, uh, uh, to observe this feedback conversation uh, between a, a manager and an employee. So the manager was giving a, a feedback to the employee about the employee's uh, presentation to a group of senior executives. And um, at first, that the manager just keep talking about well, you know, I think that you didn't make a lot of eye contact. You talk way too fast. And the PowerPoint was um, hard to read. It was not designed well, blah, blah, blah. And then the employee walked away feeling really um, not appreciated. And then he actually said, I'm never going to do this again because this is like I couldn't get anything right. Um, then when I asked the leader, I said, well, can you think, could you think of anything he actually did well? He said, yeah. Well, actually, I think he, he did pretty well in terms of the, the preparation and uh, uh, Q&A. He did quite well. So 
but I just didn't, I just didn't, didn't remember to mention it. I just focused on the negatives. So then, um, so then I asked him to, uh, to give it another try. So then he actually has scheduled another meeting. And uh, this time that he really prepared, he thought about what he's going to say. And then he let the, let the employee empty his glass first, going back to the metaphor. So he asked the employee what went well. And the employee said, well, I think I did, um, I did, I did fine with the, with the Q&A. And then he said, yes, he reinforced that. And then he said, by the way, I also wanted to tell you that I think that the, the handout you provided was uh, very thorough. So he actually identified one or two things that, that, was, that was helpful, that the employee did well. And then he asked the second question, what challenges did you experience during this presentation? And the, the employee said, well, I think I was a little bit nervous because I, I've never uh, spoken in front of the executives before. So I, I thought that maybe I, I talked too fast and I didn't, um, I didn't make a lot of eye contact. And then, so the manager said, all right, so um, let's practice next time. There's another opportunity. And I think that it, it, all it takes is, is some practice. And he used his own example um, of when he first time made those similar presentation years ago that's how he felt as well. And then he also experienced a lot of nervousness and, um, and you know, kind of a situation. And then, so he made the employee feel like, oh, I'm not alone. You did, you felt that way too. And then they agreed on, uh, you know, we'll get together and uh, next time to help him prepare. And so that he can rehearse ahead of time. He also offered additional resources of having somebody else uh, help him pre create the PowerPoint slides. Um, and then so that he will be well prepared uh, for the next presentation. So when this happened, the, the, the result was completely different. The employee felt appreciated. And also this feedback was very helpful and constructive. And um, also the, man the, the manager was able to provide some real support, real help to help him be successful next time. So it is a win-win at the end of the conversation. And um, the employee was excited about doing it again because he knew that you know, it, it wasn't perfect, but it was a good start. And so that was a good example of being able to let the employee self-reflect. And then you also provide support and concrete feedback and also provide specific solutions and to help the employee get better next time. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a good, good way of uh, uh, providing feedback. And then so the employee doesn't lose face. In fact, they feel there was uh, a lot of support and they feel empowered to, uh, uh, to try it again. Well, the book again is Saving Face, How to Preserve Dignity and Build Trust. Our guest has been Maya Huchan. Maya, thanks so much for joining us on the Engaging Leader podcast. Thank you, Jesse. You can pre-order the book on Amazon.com. Fantastic. And we'll provide all the links for people to get the book uh, from your website and from Amazon and other places on our show notes for this episode. Thank you so much. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. The book, again, is Saving Face, How to Preserve Dignity and Build Trust. And we will put links to the book as well as to Maya's website, mayahuchan.com to her LinkedIn profile and her Twitter profile. We'll put all those on our show notes for this episode, which you can get at our website at engagingleader.com. 
This is a production of Workforce Communication. We are a team of consultants and creatives using the power of communication to help organizations enhance the well-being and performance of their people. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, fully engage employees, and achieve superior business results. In several areas, including employer branding, talent management, wellness, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at workforcecommunication.com. Our thanks to Betsy Leahy, our production assistant, Jamie Barnes, Tom Hitchcock, and Jenny Kalenda from our social media team, JJ Leahy from our video and graphic design team, and Rick Tarrant, our announcer. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers. <laughs>